What's up everybody, it's Angelina Love, seven time women's world champion, one half of the beautiful people, and you are listening to Toilet Side Talk. Have fun. The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Marcus, and welcome to another episode of Toilet Side Wrestling Talk. Today's guest is a better wrestler than Kim Kardashian. She's funnier than Liam Neeson, and she's a better ship captain than the Love Boat's Gavin McLeod. So let's not waste any more time. I give you the captain, Vicky Dreamboat. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Brad, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on. This will, my day can only go um, down from here. So um, <laughs> I, it's a good thing that you're at the top of my list today. Um, yeah. All right. We're under a little bit of a time constraint, so we'll plow through this. If I haven't offended you or um, hurt your feelings, then maybe we'll do a part two with whatever we miss. All right. Well, I'm very sensitive. So, you know, I know, I know some people are, I understand. Um, do, uh, do comedians have to have, uh, mental problems to be (laughs) comedians? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't do stand up. I do improv. So usually it's like a, like a, a goofiness problem more than like a depression or anxiety problem. Sure. Um, sure. I happen to have all three. Um, but I would say, I would say, yeah, yeah. Stand-ups for sure. Stand-ups are like a totally different, uh, ball game. Most improv comedians are just like, blue, I like being a goof, so I'm going to do it for lots of people. And that's kind of more my vibe. <laughs> when did, when in your lifetime, you don't have to age yourself at all if you yeah. don't like, did you like say, you'll try your hand at that? Because like, it's, from what I've seen, completely random situations and premises, premises, excuse me. Um, the first time you would go into that, would you, were you nervous or knew what yeah. improv was? Um, I would say improv and wrestling are very similar. So I, this is going to be a long answer, but we'll get to Fine. it. So I, I was bad at improv for a year and a half. Um, and I was doing, when I was doing it consistently, I started it, I kind of did it back in college and then I came uh, after I graduated college, it just like fell off. Um, I started doing it again in late 2019 when I was living in Seattle. Um, that's okay. actually what I'm saying. He owns an improv comedy club in Seattle, and now we run one in Jacksonville, Florida. 
So oh, cool. I met him at his improv comedy club, and then we did a show together at his competitor called Glimmer, which was like the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, but sure. improv, maybe long form. So a wrestling themed improv show. And that's how we were like, you, I pick you. Um, so I would say that I started doing it in 2019. I was nervous as all get out. Every single time I went on stage, I just, can I swear on this podcast? If you're, you're over 18, correct? I'm over 18. Okay, then go ahead, swear away. Okay. Every other um, word was, is fine. Cool. Um, I was very, very nervous every single time I went on stage. Like, just I would, I would fucking bomb. Basically, I would go out there and just be a mess. Um, and then it wasn't until this year in Florida where I've started getting more reps and I've started getting really comfortable that now, like, I'm just having fun. It's not scary. Like, it, you know, there's times where I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Just yeah, yeah. Friends, right. Um, but How there's uh, definitely. Like, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Definitely. Like at first, I was, I was flipping my lid most of the time. Um, are you like hard on yourself afterwards? If like, you think you did terrible, not oh, saying yeah. you, you do terrible a lot, but I, I, I do. I mean, especially with wrestling, I, I, it's like if one thing gets messed up, even if the audience didn't notice and like with improv, mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Cause with improv, like the audience has no idea how the game is supposed to go or what you're supposed to look or like what the format is. And so it's sure, similar sure. wrestling again, like, because it doesn't really matter as long as everybody had a good time, but I go backstage and I'm just like, yeah you're you suck like you're terrible at all this like you're for a long long time and i've gotten better as i've gotten older i'm definitely well over 18 so like yeah. the more that i you know grow as a person um and the more that i learn to like be kind to yourself or whatever the better that gets um but yeah i'm very very hard on myself because i take it very seriously like even though it's a fun sure. silly goofy thing to do it's mm -hmm. very important to me that i it's done well um and so it's it, because of that sorry i feel like i have something on my forehead it's just my hair um, no, no. I feel like uh, I get really upset if it doesn't go like the way that it could. Is there preparation? Time. Like, is there any type of preparation you can do? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we, okay, do weekly, okay. we do weekly practices. Sorry, I'm putting my earrings in. Oh wow. So we do um, because you know it's it's short form and long form. So with short form, you have short form games, and so everybody has to know the rules of the game, the format of the game, like. Uh, uh, the way to ask for suggestions so that the game is successful, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not to give away all the trade secrets, but it's no, no, no. This is right? exciting news, breaking news. You think about like the folks on Wild and Out or on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Um, yeah. They would always practice, like they have to learn, right? And so, like, you take all the classes, you learn all the things, but there's always more to learn. And there's always more to do. Um, so I'm we. I would say that I like I train wrestling two or three times a week, and I train improv four. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But is, is that like you wake up in the morning of the day that uh, improv and like you're excited? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, especially because okay. now it's become fun and it's not like mm -hmm. scary and stressful anymore. Um, because now I know, I, I understand the format, like the fundamentals in a way that I just didn't before, but yeah. Um, I, so I've read that you're, you know, you, you get this question every interview about your um, captain of you're, you're, cap yes. Okay. Captain of, of sailing. What kind of boats are we talking here? Are we talking yachts? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have what's called a 100 ton uh, inland merchant mariner credential, which means I can operate any vessel under the sun as long as it is shy of a hundred gross tons. So as long as it weighs less than a hundred tons with draft. Um, okay. So I've, I've operated vessels that are 99 tons. I've operated vessels that are 15 tons. 
Um, it just really depends on what job is available. Uh, right now in Florida, I'm running like rigid inflatable hull tours. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start doing that, which is like just teeny tiny little rinky dink. Like, I mean, they're actually very high quality, but it's basically like uh, skiff tours. Um, I, oh, okay. in, I ran a 75 foot Delta um, in Seattle. Jeez. I ran cocktail cruises on smaller boats and yachts, basically. Excuse me. I've driven people's yachts before. Like it's just... Anything, anything that I can get my hands on, I will. Have you presided over any marriages or are you able to in international <laughs> waters? Unfortunately, no. No, it's a, it's not correct that captains can can officiate. Oh, I, that's a myth? Yes. Yeah, so there used to be a sign on this boat that I worked on in Alaska that said the marriages performed by the captain of this vessel are only good for the duration of this voyage, which is true. Oh, my, wait a minute. So you were, you were up in Alaska doing this? I was in Alaska for five years, yeah. Oh, my Oh, geez, I have a ton of questions. What? Uh, where were you, or were you just up and down the coast? No, I was in Homer, Alaska, um, okay. which is the halibut fishing capital of the world. Oh, really? Um, so I was, yeah, so I was doing whale watching and natural history and wildlife tours. That's where I got all my sea time. Um, and then when I was 22, I'm aging myself now. Uh, I was 21 or 22 when I got my license, um, and that was four-ish years ago, so. And was that something like you celebrate for when you get Sorry. it? Like, were you, you was that something that you celebrate, like getting that? Yeah. Like, you're so excited. It's really flipping hard, dude. It's so hard. The captain's test is like ridiculous, which blows my mind because I know a lot of captains who like should not be smart enough to pass this test. But for whatever God reason, like whatever reason it is, they're like, no, I understand all this stuff. I just can't have like a normal human conversation. And I'm like, okay, what? Um, oh, but there's, okay. uh, yeah, I definitely celebrated because it was, it, it takes, so you have to have 360 days on the water, 45 of which are in the past 90 days at the time of application. Um, and then oh it's a full part exam and it's rigorous. And the last exam is charting and navigation. And so if you're off within like a fraction of a decimal point, you fail for your oh charting exam. So it was like crazy stressful. Yeah. And I was really young at the time too. So I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Freaking out, like thinking I was going to fail my whole life would be over, but it wasn't. So it worked out. Okay. Can I ask, uh, I have two more stupid questions. Um, oh, one, uh, what, how old you, is there a, an age limit? I mean, um, you have to get to a certain age before you can even apply. So you have to be, let's see, I, I don't quote me on this. Y'all, your listeners can Google it. I'm pretty sure yeah. that you need to be 18 to have the license that I have, but you can get an OUPV six pack license at 16 if you have the oh, time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like when you get your driver's license, you can drive a boat too. Yeah. If you have the right uh, training and sea time. Have you ever sensed a mutiny, like maybe on one of these cocktail cru uh, cruises or whatever it's called? I haven't. And then the I've last question. Go oh, on. sorry. Okay. I've had no, people no, no, no. on the cocktail cruises be like, we're. Hey, Captain, we should drive the boat. And I've been like, the fuck you should get out of here. Yes. Yeah, no. I mean, I've definitely had people be belligerent, but um, luckily I'm I don't I'm kind of a no BS person when it comes to being sure. a captain. So you don't have to be nice at that point. Like that's leadership, right? Sorry. You're of course. Okay, last sailing question. I'm sorry. Not sailing. I don't know what the right term is. Boating. But, You're uh, good. Okay. Have you ever been in like a situation where you had to fire a cannon at another boat? I wish, I wish I could answer that question as yes, but no, I haven't, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe one day, the way things are going, uh, one day. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, where'd you grow up? In Florida? 
No, actually, um, I'm in Seattle right now. We I was here for a wrestling show on Friday. Uh, so I grew up here in Seattle over in a little oh. town called uh, Bainbridge Island. Okay. It, I grew up there. Is that raining every day? It's raining right now. It's some, it's some serious garbage out there. Yeah. Um, it, it, when it's nice, it's really nice. Um, but when it's gross and overcast and crappy, it's really gross and overcast, overcast and crappy. Is your, does your family still live, uh, in the area? They do. Yeah. My mom lives on um, this side of the water and my dad still lives over on Bainbridge Island on the other side of the water. How, what's the distance? Like, is it, uh, you have to take a ferry to get, you have to take a ferry to get to where my dad lives. Oh, okay. And so is this your home base? No, I live in Florida. Okay. That's, that's where you live primarily. Yeah, I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, so how often do you come home to see your parents? Very rarely. I just moved like a year and a half ago. Um, I was okay. here last summer for work. I was working on boats June and July or July and mm -hmm. August, I think. And then because Al my fiance, um, Alexi owns a uh, comedy theater here, we're in the comedy theater now. Um, checking on things and making stuff happen. So when I'm in town, like I'll work, but it's it's maybe like two or three times a year max. Oh, well, that seems reasonable for living across the country. Yeah, yeah. I really like Florida. I don't like leaving Florida. It's like my favorite place in the world. W were your parents, did they grow up uh, that way in Washington? No, actually, my dad is Puerto Rican. So he grew up in Puerto Rico and my mom uh, is from Ohio. So she grew up in the Midwest. How did they meet? They went to the same college. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so they were together for since since they were young. Uh, they were, yeah, they were maybe eleven or twelve years. I don't remember something like that. Were there any other children that came out of your mother uh, yes. other than you? Another child did come out of my mother, my little brother. Really? So you can share that experience. Um, younger or older? He's younger. I'm the oldest. So my stepdad uh, has three kids. Okay. Um, and then I guess one of his kids is older, but we don't see much of him. Uh, so okay. I'm the oldest of, there's two stepdaughters. And then my little mm. brother um, is 18. Ugh, crazy that he's that oh fucking God. old. Uh, but yeah, he's, um, he's a, he's a, he's a, a goof. He's a delight. Um, and then the stepsisters are very sweet as well. Um. When you were a little kid, when you were, you know, just a smaller version of Vicky now, what would your friends and your family, how would they describe your personality back then? Ooh, Not too long ago. I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, <laughs> you didn't have a lot of friends? No, I didn't. I kept my circle. I still do. I kept my circle very small. Um, but I would say, like, I was a theater kid. So I was kind of oh. a dork. It's kind of like a big, I was a big musical theater uh, acting kid. My mom was a musician, so I grew up touring the United States with her. So I was like homeschooled for a long time with her, like on the road. And then um, when I would come back, everybody would be like, what were you doing? And I was like, touring the United States with my mom. So kind of like weird, nerd, dork, um, know-it-all. Uh, I was always like a top of the class Hermione Granger type. And so okay. people, and people picked on me for that. <laughs> oh, really? What? So were you lonely at all, friend-wise? No, because the friends that I did have would like come over and hang out in the backyard and play Harry Potter with me. And that's all I needed. So I was pretty chill. Oh, and what kind of music did your mom play? She's a folk and she was a folk and Americana singer. Wow. So how long is going on the road for? Like when you would do that? Um, I think the longest trip we ever did was like four months. 
by car or plane? Three months. Yeah, by car. So we had this big van. Um, it was a Euro van and we called it the booty van because uh, mm -hmm. we used to eat pirate's booty in it. That's why. Oh, the only okay. reason. Um, I don't know if you remember that popcorn stuff, but it was very popular. No, I do. <laughs> Uh, so we would go, I think it was three months, but I was a kid. So like my perception of time was not very good. So it could have been much shorter. Um, and we just drive around the country. Um, and was your, was your stepdad a musician as well? No, he, um, this all happened when I was a kid before my parents got divorced. So okay. then my mom, that was in like 2000, I don't know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> okay. Are you, do you, are you close with your, your father still? I'm close. I'm, I'm, um, reasonably close with both of my parents. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that, that's very, and you were an adult ish, at least, um, when they, uh, got divorced. No, I was, it was 2007. So I okay. was like 11 or 12. Oh God. Yeah. Like I said, um, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I actually have zero idea. If you said to me, I'm 19, I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so when does, pro wrestling make its first appearance in your orbit yeah um so a lot of people are like oh you must have watched pro wrestling as a kid and i didn't mm -hmm. even know what pro wrestling was as a kid i uh, i think i just said this on the podcast a little while ago i didn't start watching wrestling until about three years ago or four years okay ago. So i'm like very very fresh to the whole world um very fresh uh i I was seeing a, a guy at the time who was not my fiance um and he was like oh something something wrestling and i was like like hulk hogan and he was like okay hang on <laughs> the very, very first match I ever saw was, and I, this is still one of my favorite matches to this day, was um, The Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in a Cell. Very that first was match. the first match. Yep. Um, he put that on for you specifically? Like, here, watch this. Yeah, I don't know why that was his choice. but I mean, he was right. It's a really, really good match. For sure. Um, and then after that, I was like, I must know more. So I started looking at, at the women's division, and I started going back into the Attitude Era. That's uh, Alexi's favorite. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, starting to slowly build my wrestling knowledge. So about and, did, and at that time, uh, three, three years ago, did you, or were you aware of any other type of wrestling like ring of honor or, you know, any of the independents or were you just thinking WWE? Well, I wasn't even interested in it for myself at that time. I was okay. just like, and I was a very casual fan up until, Honestly, until probably until I started wrestling, I was a very oh. like chill. Like I liked it, but I wasn't a super fan. Like I hadn't been to a live wrestling show aside from that's not true. There's some in Seattle. I'd been to Defy. Um, I'd been to three two. No, I'd just been to Defy in Seattle one time, and I was like, "This is super cool. This is awesome." Um, but it hadn't crossed my mind to do it. Um, okay. until like so late 2020 is when I sort of started, but I really didn't start until the Nightmare Factory in October of 2021. Okay. Let me, back up, let me back up a, a few years, just a couple. Um, high school, were mm -hmm. you a good student? Yeah, I was a straight A 4.0 kind of gal. Was that like, like at home, was that like really stressed, like your education? Or were you I just did. motivated on your own? I was pretty motivated on my own. My My parents were very busy with what they were doing. And so mm -hmm. I was taking care of my little brother a lot. Um, but I really just wanted to get out of Washington. Like I wanted to get out and do my own thing. Um, mm -hmm. so I just kind of, I cared about like having, having all of the opportunities to get into the best school possible. Um, cause I really cared about college at that time, which like looking back, mm -hmm. I, you know, I wish I hadn't gone to college. It was a waste of my time, but anyway, um, <laughs> no, high school was, uh, yeah, I was a good student. Was that like, 
were you in high school when you were taking care of like your brother? I was, yeah, it was like middle school and high school when I was doing that. Was that a pain? I mean, I know you love your brother, but I'm saying like as a teenager. Well, yeah, it was fine. It was all right. I was, you know, I got adjusted to it pretty quick. And has, does he express gratitude for your care? He does not because Gabe is, is autistic. So it's not okay. the kind of thing that he's going to be like, like he's not going to take. Yeah. Care. He's not like he knows. And he's like, I love you. Thank you. But uh -huh. and he's very high functioning too. So it's like, you know, he's not like nonverbal. It's, it's, he, he's pretty high functioning on the spectrum, but mm -hmm. it's not a conversation. Like we don't need to bring that shit up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's not like you were looking for him to pay you back. Right. You know, or, yeah. or anything like that. So it's, did your parents have expectations that you needed to go to college, even if you didn't want to, for example? Um, well, I did want to at the time. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I Would have you had a choice? I have to be honest with you. I really don't remember. I think they did. I think they were like, go do the, my dad, you know, let me think about this. My dad used to say, um, uh, the most important thing about a college degree is that you show that you can do something from start to finish, which is true. Okay. Um, so it was like, yeah, I mean, they wanted me to do it for that reason, but it wasn't ever like, like a, you have to get into Harvard. Like they didn't, they were so busy with their own stuff that it didn't really matter. Sure. So um, what did you end up studying in college? Yeah, this is funny. I don't use any of them. I have a triple major in psychology, sociology, and English <laughs> with a minor in theater. Or Actually, wait, okay. I, didn't get the, I didn't get the theater minor. I took a bunch of theater stuff just to do it but i didn't actually get the minor so fail how did you have time to do all of that homework um, i mean I one didn't... major is hard to you know on its own i so i i think that school is a system um mm -hmm. and i think they have to figure out how to game the system so i gamed the hell out of that system um okay. i i would uh so the first two years i was in chicago for one year of school and then i went to ashland oregon for the next year um, I transferred a lot and changed majors a lot. I was like very, very adventurous, like wanted to travel. And then I moved to Alaska for that last uh, few years and or for the last one, sorry, I was already in Alaska for that year. So I did the last few college credits that I had online. I was taking, okay. I think, 60 credit hours, something like that. Something like insane or 16 credit hours, something insane where like the normal was like 10, eight or 10. I was taking yeah, this double yeah. load. And I was working on boats and stuff. So I would just be up typing away, doing work at night, and then, you know, like turning it all in and uh, getting, I was still getting A's just because I was like very fortunate to, I don't know, understand the material very well or be, you know, yeah. in, a, in a program that like resonated with me at the time. Were you able to have any sort of social life? Work was my social life in Alaska. Yeah. And drinking, uh, was it? Wait, what was the last one? Work and drinking. That was it. And drinking. Was yeah, totally. Okay. Self-medicating. That stuff works great. Um, okay. So at what point in your college career, as it got closer to career, um, graduation, did you have a plan what you were going to do right after college that had nothing to do with your majors? Man, I really don't think about this period of my life at all. So it's really hard for me to say. Um, let me think about it. I don't think I did because I, I already I had my captain's license before I graduated college. So okay. I just assumed that I was going to keep driving boats and acting mm -hmm. and doing theater and film and TV stuff. Yeah. Um, at, at one point I wanted to move to California. I'm very glad I didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, that cost of living is nuts. 
Um, yeah, so I, I kind of just ha- was floating through the ether, like I'll figure something out. You know, I don't know exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So when did you find yourself in the position of, should I, bec- should I train to become a pro wrestler? Like when did like the, the idea come into your head of pursuing that as, you know, something. And right. at the time, what made you think that you could be a pro wrestler? And I don't mean that offensively. Yeah, I actually still don't think I could. I can be a pro wrestler all the time. I'm still not 100% sure I can be a pro wrestler. I know I am, but there are times where I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. Was, so the start was in 2020, uh, towards mm-hmm. the end. Our My very good friend, um, uh, the ultimate guy, Dean Cooper, um, and then mm-hmm. Pitfall Jones, who are two Pacific Northwest wrestlers who are amazing. You should look them up mm-hmm. if you have time. Uh, Dean Cooper, during pandemic, he was in my little bubble. And so he was like, hey. I'm sick of not wrestling. I'm going to buy a wrestling ring and put it in my backyard. If you and your Beyonce come and help me set it up, you can, well, I'll train you for free. And I was like, okay, that sounds kind of fun. Um, yeah. So An it, was like one day, it was like one day a week for like four months. Um, okay. I started. So I, he taught me the fundamentals at the end of 2020. And then mm-hmm. in that time somewhere, Pitfall was like, hey, I want to do a wrestling web series. So we started doing SOS Pro Wrestling, which is mm-hmm. an online series that is now a live show in Seattle. Um, and so that was my start. But it was kind of the thing of like, all right, Vicky, uh, we're going to just teach you these moves. Um, mm-hmm. uh, here's how you take this. Here's how you take this. Um, just listen to me in the ring. Uh, you good? And I was like, what? And they were like, all right, roll camera, action. And I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> um, But luckily, they were all like, they're so, so talented. They kept me very safe. So that's when it kind of started. And then I didn't train hardly at all in 2021 we moved to florida at the end of january beginning of february 2021 and i didn't i didn't do much there was like a couple of kind of one-off training sessions here and there yeah there wasn't anywhere at the time in jacksonville that i knew of to train so then i hadn't trained hadn't trained i made my live debut um in july of 2021 so i kind of consider that when i started because that was the first live match i ever had Um, i only had seven live matches eight live matches to this day Mm-hmm. Um, as of last weekend, uh, but then October of 2021 is when I decided to take it seriously. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask that. And is your fiance, um, did he continue training alongside of you? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, okay. he's Alexi Suplexi is his, oh, his name. So do you guys practice on each other? I one time tried mm-hmm. putting a figure four on my wife and I ended up hurting myself really badly. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you guys, and I don't, I mean it jokingly a little bit, but like, do, do you guys like um, throw ideas off each other? Like, mm-hmm. is it great having that? Yeah, it's really nice. Cause I'll be like, hey, put me in a headlock real quick. And he'll be like, uh-huh. or I'll be yeah, like, yeah. hey, lock up with me, lock up with me. And then try something. Um, and we actually train together now at uh, Continental Championship Wrestling in Jacksonville. Shout out to them. They're super awesome. Oh, wow. And does, um, is, is he, do you guys go to separate uh, places to wrestle? He ever, really, or do you travel together? No, he doesn't really wrestle as much. Um, he really likes wrestling for SOS here. And he's kind of like, because he's running two businesses and we've got all this other stuff going on. It's not, it's more of a hobby for him. Um, okay. For me, it's more of a, like, it's like a super hobby, I guess. Okay. Um, Did you ever him, think. I'm sorry, go on. Did I ever think what? Did you ever think, like, say you were, let's say at 10 years old, that one day you'd be able to body slam another human being? No. Did that even, like, like cross your mind of something you needed to do? Because I didn't even know what a body slam was at 10, you know? Uh Uh-huh. 
Um, but I definitely, I was never like, I was never an athlete. I wasn't a high school athlete. I wasn't a college athlete. Like I would go for walks and do yoga. I was yeah, yeah. kind of athletic, um, but I, I, I would say even up until like the beginning of last year, when I really started lifting heavy and like figuring my, my stuff out, um, yeah. I, it never occurred to me that I'd be able to lift another person up at all. And now I do it all the time. And what was like, what was the, did, were, did you, the way your training went or how you got into the business was, did you ever feel like, did you ever have like nerves of the first day of training? I still get nervous almost every day before I train. Um, I get more nervous for training than I do for shows. Oh, I really buy a lot. I do so much better in front of an audience. If I'm in front of an audience, uh-huh. easy, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, whatever. You guys are here for the show. Um, uh-huh. If I myself in training, it's like it feels like the end of the world. Like it's, and I just I get nervous because I'm I'm um I'm a very fast learner when it comes to some things, but I'm not I'm uh I've never been super coordinated, and it's like all about coordination. And so yeah, it's you a lot so. for me to be like uh, the move goes this way, but my body goes this way, and you do this, and then you have to jump at the same time. You know, um, so training makes me way more nervous than matches every day still to this day. So, okay. So you, you have your first match. What's the plan at that point? Is it the end goal? Like WWE, AEW, like, is that what you're working towards? Like, you know, like one of the big uh, promotions. Yeah. I would love to think that if within the next three or four years, I could get signed to NXT, WWE, AEW impact, like any, anything. I mean, and I've said this before, anywhere that my coaches say this is the direction that you should go is the direction that I'll run in. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not, uh, I'm very realistic about it, right? Like people work their whole lives to get that contract. And mm-hmm. because my attention is so split, um, I just know that it's going to take a, long, a lot longer than I would like it to. Um, sure. Wrestling is like very hard and very expensive and uh, very, very, um, there's a lot of highs and lows and ups and downs. And so that roller coaster, like, I'm just going to ride it and see where it takes me. But I'm not like, I'm going to get signed by this promotion. Because the, the second that you're like, I'm good enough to go do this thing, blah, 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 is the second that, like, people stop listening to you and don't care. Because they're like, oh, all you want to do is go do that. Like, you're you're in business for yourself 100%. You're not enjoying the ride or the experience. I don't know. Sure. To me, it's more about, like, the process. Um, I really wanted to, to ask you, and I, I've never asked um, anyone I've interviewed this. How do you decide on your finisher? Mm. I Pitfall Jones gave me my finish um, okay. when I first started in 2020. I like started in 2020. Yeah. Um, and the reason he gave it to me was because I was really bad and I needed something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a Casador Bulldog, which is like barely a finish anymore, but anything can be a finish, right? Um, yeah, sure. I would say the large majority of folks that I know were either gift like gifted or um, told that they could use a finish by a veteran wrestler or by mm-hmm. a coach, or they just go, I like that. I've decided it's my finisher, right? Um, okay. But for me, it was just like a natural progression kind of thing. But like creatively, like are you always thinking of new like moves? Yeah. I mean, like your move set. I'm still, again, like I'm still so new. Um, that so many of my, most of my ideas, I'm just fortunate enough to have people around me who really know what they're doing, who want to make me look good and mm-hmm. you know, help me out um, and not bury me, which is really cool. Um, sure, sure. I would say that um, Positive. I'm, there's, if, if like, I'll put it this way, 
if you and I are having a conversation, we're sitting across the table from, from each other and drinking coffee and I suddenly kind of space out, you're like, what are you doing? 90% of the time I'll be like, I'm sorry, I was thinking of a spot. <laughs> right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's for me, it's like not like new moves or anything. It's like sequences, right? Like how okay. you put things together, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Do you ever dream about being in the ring? Yeah, I have like nightmares. <laughs> oh, really? I get wrestling nightmares all the time, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Can you share one? Yeah, <laughs> I can. It's really gnarly. Um, uh, let me think about the most recent one. There's a couple really gnarly ones. I had one like three or four. I'm high, high anxiety person over here. I had one three or four days ago um, before this show. So I did a show on Friday and I had never done it. Well, that's not true. I'd done one tag match, um, but I hadn't done a tag match that I was actually like tagging in and out and doing sure, sure. and so that's what I did on Friday and so I had a dream that I was in this match that I did on Friday but this was like on Wednesday or Thursday night and mm-hmm. I went up to the top rope to do a crossbody or something and I got my tag corner confused and so I was in the wrong corner and the heels the, uh, you know sorry bad guys heels I'm used to like talking <laughs> the heels like pulled me down and like put me in a hole. And we're like, what are you doing? You're in the wrong place. You're messing up the whole match. You're messing up the spot. And I was like, what? Oh. And so I like awkwardly like run back to my corner and the audience is booing me, even though I'm a baby face. I'm like, shit. So I get up there and like go to do the move. Um, and then I fall on my face and I break my nose in the middle of the match. And so everybody's scrambling to try to like fix the mistake, like figure out what to do. And I'm just like bleeding in the middle of the ring. Like, <laughs> trying to grab a hold of one of the heels being like okay okay i'm good we're gonna keep going (laughs) like we're gonna figure it out and then um the lights like all the fluorescent lights come on and it was like a test from my coaches so i was like what is happening and they were like you failed i'm sorry you can't train here anymore oh my god and this happens does this happen more than once a month um yeah they're not recurring dreams though they're Mm-hmm. always like, either match specific or yeah. just like I'll just or it'll be like mundane we'll just be like I'm at training I mess something up I feel bad I wake up you know and I like mm-hmm. the mundane ones because I'm like oh man that's nice I have an opportunity to not mess that up today <laughs> yeah like w- wake up to it that's the reverse of I used to fall asleep on my train ride into work and yeah. once in a while I'd wake up thinking oh I'm so happy on my way I'm you know I'm heading home and then realize I haven't even gotten to work yet and so like frustrating um okay so where do you go for your you know additional training after your first match where are you headed so I debut July of 2021 at 5cc wrestling in Seattle Mm -hmm. um because I'm here for work I moved back to Florida I don't freaking train um, because there's not really anywhere to do it. I, there's a couple places yeah. in Florida, like one off, like I said. Um, I come back to Seattle for SOS Pro Wrestling in September. That's the match with Bryn Thorne. Um, and okay. she's amazing. She like she really, really just made me look like a million bucks. She's incredible. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so mean, though. Terrible heel. Terrible heel. Um, <laughs> but she's uh, after that match, I was like, man, I really got to take this seriously. So that's when I go to the Nightmare Factory. So that after okay. my two live matches, I go to the Nightmare Factory in October. How does how did someone point you in that direction? No, like, I had wanted to do it since early 2021. I just I I had to save up so that I could do yeah. it. Yeah. And was that experience like a whole new level of training? Not saying your previous training was, you know, 
poor, but is it completely different? I wouldn't say my pre previous training was poor either. I would say that I was really no. fortunate to learn what I learned, but it was not sure. formal training, right? Um, so it it was not like like real training in the sense of like it wasn't structured. Like I was really grateful for the guys because what they did is they taught me all the basics that I needed to know. Yes, um, but they yes. Didn't treat me because like I wasn't. A, so anyway, yes. To answer your question, yes, it was a very very different level of training. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so so much so that I was like completely. Um, overwhelmed in the best way possible when I got there. Yeah. Now, was that, did you have nerves on the, your first day of training? Were you able to sleep the night before? No, no. I don't really sleep much to begin with. Um, yeah, I didn't, you have time. I, I have time. I just spend my time like scrolling or reading or writing instead. Cause I'm like, oh, uh -huh. brain's still awake. So we're doing stuff. Um, uh -huh. I was so nervous that on the first day, like one of the things that you do is obviously like you need to get in the ring correctly. Right. And I couldn't even get in the, like, I couldn't do it. It was like, like the coaches were like, what, what is wrong with this girl? Cause I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think I covered it up pretty well. Cause I would just acted like a goofball and did my thing, but I was, I, I was a mess for like, the first few weeks until I actually sat down and or until we actually did promo class. And I had mm -hmm. like FaceTime individually with the coaches. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, um, I, I was a wreck. But did you, did that part come easy, like, or, or easier, um, you know, doing promos? Yeah. Okay. Or was it just so nerve wracking that everything's out the window? No, I love, I love promo day. That was oh, my nice. favorite. Um, I, I never, I had never cut a promo before I got to the Nightmare Factory, but I'd been mm -hmm. doing some improv and I'd been acting for so long that it just made sense to me. I also, yeah. this is like a, this is like a big secret. So. Okay. Keep it between us, internet. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. never, I had skipped through every single promo in every pay-per-view, every show, every wrestling, anything. Cause I was like, oh, they're talking. Like I did not, it did not compute. And then when I got to actually September before I got to Nightmare Factory, I was like, I think Cody Rhodes is known for his promos. And so I went back and I watched all of Dusty's promos, every single one. I went back and I watched all of Cody's promos. I went back and I watched all of QT's promos that I could find. I went back and I, I watched so many promos and I was like, okay, all right, I get it. And now like one of my favorite parts of wrestling, sorry, I'm like adjusting. One of my favorite parts of the shows are the promos because it's just like, it computes for me. And like you're in your element. Yeah. Like you, like you're prepared for that. Um, so the nightmare factory and so you're you're not in the business for very long at all how do you did you when did you realize there was something called aew oh i knew about aew in 2020 okay so you so knew about them watching, yeah yeah because they started in 2019 2018 2019 something like and, that okay yeah yeah i think um 2019 how did they, how did, how did you come to them? They're on, into their orbit. Into, you mean for like them? AEW, like, do they call you? So when you're at the Nightmare Factory, you have a direct pipeline, right? Um, and that's not to say that anything will happen. It does not mean that anybody's going to book you. Uh, I, in the, so I did two camps at night. This is a long story, but we'll get to it. <laughs> so I did two camps. Minutes. Yeah, we'll be fine. Um, mm. I'm having a good time. I can be late to the thing. So I did the first camp, Nightmare Factory, and I was scheduled on Dark in December of last year. Okay. I was supposed to make okay. my Dark debut then. November sure. 23rd, a week and a half before my debut, I break my foot. 
training. So, yeah. So I was like, Did you know, immediately it was broken. I was pretty sure. Um, okay. But I didn't want to believe it. So I was just like, no, I'm fine. And I'm like, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> kind of like hobbling around trying to like be a person. Uh -huh. um, so that happens. Uh, that uh -huh. sucks. But I keep going. I'm driving back and forth from Jacksonville to Atlanta every single weekend, six hours back and forth, back and forth. QT, Coach QT, Coach Cody, Coach Glacier, Coach Luke, they're seeing me do this. Completely hurt. Can't do anything. And they're like, why are you coming back and forth when you can't wrestle? And I'm like, because I want to learn. Because I want to absorb. Um, and I think that that went a long way. Um, because they knew that I had earned the opportunity to be booked before. And so when I finally healed up in March, I approached, um, I approached the coaches. Uh, actually, I talked to Coach Cody specifically, and I said, hey, like, I'd like to get this opportunity back. And he, at that, I believe at that point, was already with WWE, or at least not with AEW. Um, okay. But because they were my coaches and they saw that I was working hard, um, that was how I came about getting connected with AEW Dark. Um, and Coach QT, like, I really owe it to the coaches at Nightmare Factory. There's no, there's no way I ever would have been picked up for Dark without being there. Um, but sure. again, it's not to say it's a direct pipeline. You just, you have the, like, the contacts. And yes, so yes. They were, I was lucky that they saw something in me and they were willing to let me have that opportunity. Um, are you able to be proud of that? Or, you know what I mean? Like, are you able to step outside of yourself and, wow, like. Yeah, I think in my, um. In my more I mean, you still have a long journey ahead of you, but yeah. like at this point, that's a big deal. In my more confident moments, I'm like, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I cried. I was so, so happy. And I still I still get emotional thinking about it because it was such a long road. And then yeah. in my other moments, I'm like, nah, lots of people are on dark, I don't know, whatever. But for the most part, I'm just like super, super proud of myself because I worked my ass off to get there. And I don't, I don't care how short the match was. I don't care about any of that. Everybody's like, oh, you lost. I'm like, yeah. I got there, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Is it a special feeling? Well, I guess ha have your parents um, and siblings, uh, step and you know, um, biological, seen you wrestle? In, I mean, in person. Um, my dad has missed two matches, and it's because they were out of state. He's been. Oh. He's come to. Well, I guess three matches, but he's been to almost every single one, and if. If not been to it, then he's the first one to watch it live. Um, but he's the only one who's seen me wrestle live. Nobody else in my family has. Do they do they express right? Because do they not approve of it or just no, no, no. They're not. super proud of me. They're super, super chill. My um my uh mom's in within my mom's household, there's a lot of um uh immunodeficiency, so they can't go out still. So that's just the thing, like with, oh, with yeah. concerns. So they can't be in a crowd. And I didn't start wrestling until COVID started, you know? So they like literally can't go out and be places, um, which is, which is a shame. Like they want to yeah. be there and they, they're very, very supportive. Oh, that's well, at least you get, you know, you get that. Is it exciting when your dad's there? Oh yeah. He came okay. to it doesn't make you nervous. No, it's actually, it's, it makes me a little bit, um, it makes me want to work that much harder. Because even though I know like he'll be my dad and be proud or whatever, it just makes me like I feel like I've got something more to prove, you know. Oh, that's cool. Have you ever talked to him about trying to acquire the technology to miniature miniaturize him, and then you'd be able to like pocket size? You could take him to all your matches everywhere. I should just three D print him. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Because yeah, that's a better idea. Because I I don't know what would happen to a body of that size going through um, the uh, metal detector in an airport. That if might be the solution. Him. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, They've well, been trying to figure out like cloning, right? So maybe the solution yeah. is we do mini clones first. Totally. I'm no scientist. I'm just throwing this out there. Um, any scientists who are listening to this, if you're aware of that technology, let us know. Yeah, um, okay, Vicki, we are getting down to it. Yes. Can I have a ton of more like wrestling related questions, but can I ask you five just non-wrestling yes or no questions? Absolutely. I love a yes or no. Okay, good. Um, and, and you can, you can uh, just say yes or no, or you can, whatever. Excuse Would me? you let uh 16 year olds drink um, while you were piloting in international waters? Would I let them drink? Alcohol, not water. No. no. Okay. Great. Um, can you recite any line from the movie Teen Wolf 2? And I would also give you Teen Wolf 1 if Teen Wolf 2 you don't remember. Did not know those movies existed, so no. Hmm. Look those up. Are you, taking, okay. are you going on a plane ride today? Yeah, tonight. Yeah. Okay, don't watch those because you'll it'll ruin your trip. But um, one day. Okay, for $1.3 million uh, USD, would you change your like in-name moniker from like the captain to a friend of the captain? Uh, yeah, for $1.3 million? I would do a lot of things for $1.3 million. Okay, good. In my life, absolutely fine. Great no answer. Um, are you afraid of men who wear berets? I'm not afraid of them, but I don't trust them. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I appreciate the honesty. And and finally, um, you're four for four so far. Um, have you ever eaten something whose natural skin color was green? Natural skin color? Like um, like a lizard of any kind. Oh. A snake. Not like a green, eaten like a like a live like some meat. An animal, not not a uh, right, not like a green animal. apple. Um, mm -hmm. not on purpose. Not. Oh. oh, there seems like there's a story to tell, but I'll let you keep that to yourself. I don't want to know every. I don't want to expose you uh, in for everything. <laughs> um. Okay, Vicky, you have a long day ahead of you. Uh, um. So it sounds so. Thank you so much for making the time this morning. I really appreciate it, especially the fact that it's a Sunday and I'm sure you wanted to go to wake up really early and go to church. I imagine I, or who knows what you wanted to do. Not today, but I appreciate you, Thank yeah. you for making the time to chat with me and for being flexible. Um, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yes, 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 of course. Um, all right. You take care and I wish you uh, health and happiness uh, until we talk again. Thank and then we so can much. decide if I want to give you those things past then. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Vicki, you take care. Take care. Bye.